Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We've got the whole gang, AJ, Rudo, Megan, Eric, coming to you live again from Family Sports Center and day two of Avalanche Training Camp. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just like that? Yeah. Is that how you really feel about Family Sports Center? Family Sports Center. Uh, we'll talk to Bo Byron. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, first, they switched the groups around. So the group two from yesterday was the early group. They also switched a couple of players. So it was a little bit intermixed. Too many changes for me. I'm not emotionally prepared. <laughs> not ready for it. Uh, AJ, I, I mean, we can start with you. I, I know you were okay. uh, about it with Matt Steinberg today. Yeah, he was good. That whole, well, them, and then it was him and Ben Myers were the two you were telling me about. So Yeah. No, so what I really liked about Matt Steinberg, um, he was on a line with McDermott and Peter Holland. Mm-hmm. And what I was really liking um, was that in the breakout drills, of the three of them, he was the one that appeared most comfortable with where he needed to be what his assignment was. Holland was a little bit as uh, like, understandably. So it's day two for him. Yep. Um, and, but what I really loved about Steinberg, he knows what he was. He, he knew where he was going. He knew what he was doing, but it was his physicality. He's winning 50, 50 pucks, which is the whole point of what they were doing. Yep. And not just that he was getting to the puck and he was winning the puck, but he was chipping it ahead and he was making a play with it. He was doing something with it other than we'll get it out of the zone, you know, and we'll give it, We'll give it to the other team. We'll give it right back to them, but it'll be in the neutral zone, and then they have to try and bring it back in. He was actually creating a little bit with it, and he was the catalyst in creating a two-on-one goal that ended up in Devontae scoring, and it was awesome. But it was it, it was it all started with Steinberg doing what he needed to do, and of the three on that line today, I thought he was the guy that impressed me the most, and it all started with the physicality, yep. which is really... That's his trademark. That's his calling card. That's where he's going to make his money as a professional hockey player. And so after a, a, a pretty blah weekend from him in Vegas that I just didn't love, I really liked his day today. Uh, I really just – There you go. I don't I don't know how high up in this hierarchy and the pecking order of all the forwards, you know. He's with Peter Holland and Curtis McDermott, so I, I think that's intentional. Um, if you just look at the company that he's keeping, he's somewhere in there. Sure. And I thought that he was better than those two guys today. I really liked it. He was actually in the later group, so yeah. I got my groups mixed up. I wanted to get back to, I'm sure we will get to all of the guys on this line, but the fourth line was the one really setting the tone today for that early group. Will we revisit Steinberg, or yes, should I we can, say we, my piece right now? It, it, I don't have a lot to say. Go wherever you so want. Yeah. I don't have a lot to then say to add go to that. Steinberg, go Steinberg. I was just going to add that yeah. I think days like today, and it's so preliminary, I want to be very cautious in how I say this, I see the utility of a player like Steinberg. And some of it is you see the offensive flourish a little bit there, but also at the end of that group session, they're practicing this defensive drill with just stick defense coverage, and he almost looked bored because he was very good at it. And this is where you see this is a guy that could be thrown on the penalty kill. Obviously, there are some more things that need to be realized in that at the pro level but it's what he did in college and I think that's sort of the type of player they want him to be at the pro level as well and you see hints of that tease I thought today as well it showed better than it did in the showcase and I think 
that is the type of player that does get put the bottom of a lineup if he can do these things efficiently and consistently. So if we can see more of that version of Matt Steinberg, it bodes very well for him. I can already hear it coming out of Eric's mouth. He plays in the NHL. He plays in a bottom six. <laughs> that's what he is. I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. And you got to bring a skill set. you got to bring something. Um, and it's funny when you guys, when you guys, when anybody says Steinberg, because Steinberg, where I'm from, um, it's the name of a grocery store, like King Supers. So every time you guys are saying something, it feels like King Supers is playing really well today. You know, so That's so funny. It's just weird when I hear that Steinberg, Steinberg. Um, no, I do. I, I, I do believe, I agree. I mean, I don't think he was great in, in Vegas, but he'll be better with NHL players and with a defined role. Go back to it. It's not easy to play eight to ten minutes. Um, I think Logan O'Connor a couple years ago figured that one out. You yep. know what I mean? And is now an NHL player, right? You know, you want more production. All that's that's fine, but he's still an NHL player. And and I do believe Steinberg, with the hockey bloodlines, and everything, I do believe he's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna show something here these next couple of weeks. Poland. It's one I really liked, right? Um, I mean, not today, but I'm talking about in Vegas. I yeah. like Having never day. seen him play. You guys had watched him and done some film stuff on him. I'd never seen him. Um, really enjoyed him. Um, so those are the guys that are going to be competing, well, for the rest of their lives, right, yeah. to, to yeah. become bona fide NHL players. And it's kind of nice to see them with a group like this. And like you said, it is it is a pecking order somewhere, right? You know, uh, you know today's with... Curtis on the lo- uh, was it Curtis on the left yep. and um, yeah um, at Peter center Holland. Peter Holland. So I, I yeah I would say maybe that's a line Sunday right you know usually the next practices before sorry not You'll the next your, ones but your real line kind of like yeah. a little bit of what you're gonna see the first couple uh, preseason games so it's exciting for for a guy like that I think it's uh, fun to see when you leave college. Even though he's been at Cornell, right? There was no seasons a couple of years ago, right? With COVID. The, yeah, he missed Last one year, year, limited. And right? then he had limited. injury his yep. senior year. So <coughs> he still needs to play. He looks like a hockey player. It's a stupid line, but it's but it's true, you know, and he does. And, and I do like him. I, I, I like the makeup that he that he has. And it's going to be interesting to see. Like you said, it's it's got some sort of a skill set. He can pick. He's good at picking up pucks off the wall, which is not that easy to do. I think it looks easy. It's not. Guys work at it nowadays. Everything is along the boards now, like which I would say last five, six years a lot more, you know. And then the guys know that. They practice a lot more in practices. So, yeah, he's got nice hands. I think it's going to be how do I put it all together and become a pro, you know. Well, and, and Logan O'Connor's path is kind of the same one that he should be looking to follow of. Logan O'Connor didn't come in and just win a job and was just <laughs> Logan O'Connor overnight. He became you know, Logan O'Connor in the AHL, yeah. Right. right, he had a lot of success in the AHL, and he did it on the penalty kill, and yep, he worked his way uh, kind of through that lineup, and then when he got his first call up in Colorado, it wasn't great. Like, Logan O'Connor's first handful of games as an, as an Ev were pretty forgettable. You know, he had good yeah. speed and all that, and that was easy to see, but it took him some time um, to really kind of settle in, and then... It did look like he was really part of it. And then when he came in in the Dallas playoff series and just started throwing his weight around, and it was like, this is a this is an animal. Like, this is a totally different guy, and he's been different ever since. And so it's, you know, with, with Steinberg, it's uh, – the reason I'm, 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 I say this is this is just starting for him. Yep. You know, yeah, he's been in college for a couple of years, but 
what the Avs what the Avs want. They would love if he was and ready for the for the Avalanche roster right now. He's not, but if he can continue to to acclimate to the pro game and show well, then following that Logan O'Connor path of, you know, he might be the guy that replaces Logan O'Connor in two years when LOC is a free agent. Up, yep. You know, like that's that's what he should be working towards is. Use LOC because they play the same position. They're both right wings. They play the same kind of style. Um, Steinberg's a little more physical. I think LOC is probably a little more skilled. Yep. But ultimately, their role in the NHL is going to look very, very similar. Go so, run into stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> and so it's it's a uh, this is something for him to build on though. Is what I'm saying. It's 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 a good day today. I liked him, and you know. <laughs> Only so much time we can spend on guys that are going to be the seventeenth yeah, forward, but I, yeah, I do want to talk about the NHL guys and that what is projected to be the fourth line for the Avs this year of Ben Myers down the middle, Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor on the wings. They were zooming today. I mean, they, they were flying all over the ice. Is that yeah? Is that normal for these guys, or is that a hey? The Avs locker room is setting an expectation that we're focused and we're going hard this year. I think it's both because a lot of these guys that are in competition for roster spots, you look at, okay, that's the fourth line right now. So I need to either be as good or better than those three guys. And the way that the, the, the day that those three guys had today, not going to be better. You're (laughs) you're really having a, I like Matt Steinberg. Matt Steinberg did not look like Logan O'Connor did today. Logan O'Connor kicked ass. Yep. And that that fourth line in general just looked like it was it was his already clicked, and we know uh, like look we saw Alex Newhook's best NHL play to date came between Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor. He was a total misfit there. Yep. Ben Myers is kind he, of similar. He fits a little better, I think. He's but. kind of similar in, to to Newhook in the the he wants to be more of a speed skill kind of guy. It's true. But if he can uh, if he can pick up some of that that edge. The way that Newhook did when he got dropped in between those guys. I mean, I don't know what it is about those two dudes together. They just feed Activate off of each people. other. Yeah. They like they their hockey anger just feeds one another. <laughs> and the guy that gets dropped in the middle becomes a conduit for them. And boy, did Ben Myers look like a conduit today. Mm-hmm. The energy was surging between all three of them because Ben Myers looked great. That might be the best that I have felt about Ben Myers in a long time. And I've long been Ben Myers' most vocal fan. I think seeing Ben Myers score a couple times now through two days has been cautiously encouraging, too, just given the troubles of last season. I watched him on the doorstep of so many opportunities he couldn't capitalize on, and it does feel like that is something that maybe it helps his confidence and jumpstarts it going into the year as well. But what I think is interesting about Ben Myers, coming from college, you talk about the speed and the skill, and I think that is a lot of who (coughs) he was as a player. And I think that was uh, an important part in Ben Meyer's year last year, was working on his play away from the puck that requires him to then engage in some of those puck battles and win them. And I think that's going to be demanded of him playing between players like Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano. And that's one of the positives to come from last year that I think Ben Myers can take away. Even though there were obvious struggles, I think his time in Loveland helped better equip him to be a player that plays between those guys effectively. And I also liked what I saw in Ben Myers today. Here's what I'll say is when you come in for Ben Myers, and I'm I'm a one that always says I want more from Ben Myers, right? I mean that's um this is but why we I sit like on him. opposite sides of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't reach <laughs> um, 
I want to grab him. I'm kidding. Um, AJ's the best. Um, no, when I say something like Ben Myers, like um, not everyone's Nate McKinnon. Not everyone's Kel McCarr. Not everyone's Bo Byer. I mean, you know, those guys have that natural ability. doesn't mean that the rest of the league are, don't belong in the NHL. Is a guy like Ben Myers, he comes in last year, you're thrown into a mix. Of course, he came in a little bit the year before, but you're thrown into a mix. It's do or die. It's Stanley Cup or bust, right? So there's no time to understand the NHL and to, to really take your time and learn on the go as you go. I mean, it's not that easy, but, but, but what you need to do, and it looks like he figured out today or whatever, after evaluating his season last year, is there's a saying in hockey, less is more, right? But it's hard because you come in, you're a call-up or you're young, and they want you to go and say, oh, I'm going to give everything I have, you know? And then sometimes it's just a little too much, but you're really not doing anything. You're just like, oh, he's working hard and he's going on. But you're, working, you're not working with purpose. To be an NHL player every day is because you've figured out the little details of the game and how to master them. It's that simple. You don't go and figure out how to deke four guys and put the puck in the net. McKinnon does that, and you're not going to do that. So, <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. So if you figure out the little things, the little nuances of a game and the games within the game, and that's what makes you a pro, right? Cogliano. Exactly. Pro, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's why you last. So you figure it's not that much better than his draft class back then, but right now he's probably on his way to be, you know, having the most games played, right? So once you figure that out, and if Ben Myers, he's got Caliano to look at, yeah, I was a great college hockey player sought after by many teams, you know, but this is the NHL. So how do I make this a career? How do I stay? And how do I become a valuable part of a team? And being a fourth liner is a valuable part of a team. I know some people go like, oh, it's fourth line. Look at Vegas last year. Pretty good fourth line. Makes you win, too. I mean, you know, helps you win. So I think Myers, you can figure out the game or have a practice like he had today, which was with a purpose, knowing what to do. Then all of a sudden, he becomes valuable. Then all of a sudden, he feels good about his game. Then I go back to Stefan Yell all the time. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I hate using old names, but figure it out. I'm playing behind sacking in Forsberg. Not going to score 30 <clears throat> goals. But I am a 100-point guy in juniors. But how do I stay in this league? So I become a great face-off guy. I become a great, a great penalty killer. I become, not because he's my brother-in-law, I'm not. I'm just being honest. He was that good of a role, right? Like, player. So I think the guys I figure out, and I think Myers might be on his way to figure that one out, then you got something on your hands, and then you're a more powerful team. It, it's funny. Megan talked to Cogliano in the locker room today and got <laughs> the most Cogliano quote I've ever heard. It, I, I don't know the paraphrasing it. It was like, yeah, it's weird the no contact today, but it sure didn't feel like it. I love it. It was this. It was such a wholesome admittance to like accent. It's as if he forgets it himself yeah. because of how he plays. And it's also a reflection of how good he's feeling, which is also an, an important update. I, I think that he's been cautious in his recovery, but also made pretty smart decisions that helped better prepare him and strengthen him to be back here. And, you know, they're, as Eric kind of alluded to there, they, guys like Cogliano bring so much to things like a training camp specifically. They have these kids that are trying to figure it out, and Cogliano can be like, look, here's how you do it. He sets a great example. Exactly. Oh, so. Team dad. <laughs> 
I'll, hey. He's such a warrior. There's no excuses. You can't yeah. make excuses around Andrew Cogliano. Yep. He he lays it all out there every single time, for well, sure. And that speaks to you know what we talked about a lot on yesterday's show is the culture and the standard that they set. Yep. And why I think it's interesting that that's what you're like what you're on paper fourth line it looks like on the second day of training camp. Like, the, this is a team that's come in locked in. Yep. So far, and and they look great. Guys with something to prove, Jonathan Duran, Ryan Johansson, these guys all look really good so far. You know, we'll talk about them later. Yeah. I and and you know, Ben Myers, Ben Myers has got to be looking around like everybody's coming for his job. Because when you look at Colorado's top twelve, there is one obvious guy where you're like, I don't know if that guy's making it. And it's Ben Myers because of how last year went. Yep. Because all the other guys are established and nobody's taking Tomas Tatar's job. You know, like, give me a break. They, yeah. they just gave big deals to Ross Colton and Miles Wood. Those, those, guys, not are not, anywhere. those yeah. guys are not losing jobs. So, you know, and as we talked about, Cogliano, LOC, those guys aren't going anywhere. No. The one guy that's vulnerable here is Ben Myers. So he needs this. And when you look at Ben Myers versus Frederick Olofsson and Riley Tufty and all those guys that are kind of in that mix today, Ben Myers smoked all of them. Which is a little concerning then with Nathan McKinnon gone. You see the lack of center depth where you have a Riley Tufty playing yeah. center and he shouldn't be. He's a winger. And that is a little bit concerning. It's like it should motivate Myers, but also Frederick Olofsson is right there. So it should motivate him, but he is still very much in competition with Olofsson, who hasn't looked bad through two days of camp. Yeah, he's been perfectly fine. It's was a, I, I agree it was an interesting choice to put Tufty up. At center with Nachushkin, uh, I don't, I, I don't really understand the thought process behind it. I'll put it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining it's just we just like try this guy. it out. Yeah, let's, let's see just, if he can play center. Well, yeah. and, and if you move that guy there, then you maybe don't have to break up other pairings that, that you want to keep. Sure. Okay. So, Fair enough. You know, and because Riley Tufty's never played center, and you could tell. Yeah. Because Val Nachushkin spent the entire time yelling at him, telling him where to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, every time down the ice. In Russian? He's pointing at him. He's doing whatever, you know. <laughs> no, it's, you know, that's, select, that's selective English. Yeah. He picked his words carefully today, man, I tell you, because he was telling Riley Tufty what to do an awful lot of it. So, um, no, I just, you know, and I, it, Tufty does get that look today. Doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's an impossible ask. Of though. course. Like, yeah. hey, you've, you're, you've never played center in professional hockey natural. before. Go play between Arturi Lekkinen and Val Nachushkin, and good luck. You know, like, you kind of set him up to fail on that one, but uh, also, like, you, I think it's probably because they do want to keep taking a look at some of the other combinations in particular that they have together. Yep. Mid, that fourth line for, for starters. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and you don't want to move a Ben Myers around. You exactly, wanna, yeah. You want to continue to give those guys a look because that's what you're hoping your fourth line is. October 11th in L.A. Yep. It's that simple sometimes. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by FOCO. You can go over to FOCO to get your licensed apparel of all major sports teams in the country, really. Uh, so go check that out. You can also get a bunch of awesome bobbleheads from them. I think the Nuggets <coughs> championship ones are sold out now, so you might have missed the boat on that one. But you can get Avs ones. You can get other normal Nuggets ones, whatever you're feeling out there. So go check them out. If you haven't, go to FOCO.com. Use code DNVR when you check out at FOCO and get 10% off your entire order. 
And we're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Eight different kinds on tap down at our very own DNVR bar. But you can also get it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to find it near you. Find yourself an avalanche and crack one in celebration of training camp getting going. And look, preseason games will be here in less than 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, it's coming quick. It's coming quick, folks. So get your Breck Brew and get ready for the hockey season. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We will talk more about the players today, but instead, let's talk to an actual player from the ice up next. Uh, we had Bowen Byram on the show, so roll it whenever it's ready, Tiff. All right, we're here with Bowen Byram on day two of training camp. First of all, Bo, thank you for joining us for this. We really appreciate you. Uh, we start off everyone on the show with a silly question. We want to know your bad food take. That is something you like to eat that might be kind of gross. Uh, for example, I like mayonnaise on burritos. Everyone hates that take, but that's okay. I can live with that. We've had people say mustard on pizza, anything like that. You got uh, okay. one? Um, I've put a lot of ketchup on things. Uh, ketchup guy. I, okay. I, can't, I can't think of like one thing in particular that is weird that I put it on, but I feel like there's probably something that I put it on that somebody would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I like, but you know, I'll tell you one thing. Number four, and there's a former number four, Rob Blake. He put ketchup on everything, too. <laughs> oh, perfect. I fit so the mold there. You go. It's That's a number four why, thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number four is in ketchup. You heard it here first. Uh, getting into today, it seemed like you guys were having, uh, you and Tay specifically, a lot of fun out there. Is that kind of setting the tone for everybody in training camp, or is there a balance of the new season and being serious. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's always good to have fun on the ice. That's why you play. Uh, you know, you love the game of hockey and try to have as much fun as you can while you're playing it. I think uh, that's how I always try to approach the game, um, whether it's just everything that it kind of entails, you know, whether it's media stuff, um, workouts, whatever. I think you still got to enjoy yourself. Um, obviously, there's a line that you that you ride as well. But, uh, you know, I, I like to have fun. What was one of the best parts of your summer? Um, good question. I think uh, just being at home. I spent I spent pretty much my entire summer uh, at home, small town, Cranbrook, BC. Um, so it was a little slower pace than than being in a city. Really nice. It takes five minutes to get anywhere you go, so or anywhere you need to go. Um, so I just really enjoyed kind of being out of a being out of a big city, being in a smaller community. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I asked, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I asked you about future GM Andrew Cogliano yesterday. I wanted to revisit it, though, because you specifically spoke to how he's helped you personally, and I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little. Um, yeah, I think when we uh, originally got Cogs at the trade deadline uh, the year we won the Cup, uh, I'm not sure. I think I was playing, but I was just kind of coming back from an injury. Uh, but I think I was playing when he got here. Anyways irrelevant um he's just helped me a lot on uh you know being a pro taking care of your body um whether it's you know workout stuff or or treatment whatever whatever it might be um you know hydration uh what you're eating he's helped me a lot on that side of the game uh you know warming up properly taking care of your body properly away from the ice um you know he he actually in the summer he has a place not too far from where i stay it's about an hour away so I'll go see him a couple times, work out together, and uh, you know, there's no better role model. Um, he takes his his job very, very seriously, and uh, everything it entails, working out, um, nutrition, uh, hydration, like I said. So, 
Yeah, he's been a perfect role model for me and a, and a lot of guys around um, our dressing room. And another thing is how he uh, just approaches every game. You know, he plays every game like it's going to be his last, how he prepares. Um, and once he's on the ice, I think everyone can tell that he's an intense guy and he's a competitor. And uh, yeah, like I've been saying, he's a, he's a guy that a lot of us look up to. Yeah, I mean, consistency is uh, longevity in this game, right? And mm -hmm. I think he's the perfect example um, for young guys, for guys like yourself. But it's not your first training camp anymore. Um, not that you're getting old. I'm old. <laughs> you're young. Um, do you see the difference a little bit? I think at first it's a little new, right? Then you get your feet wet with the league. There's disappointment of not winning. Then you win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then there's this, this disappointment of last year. Do you feel this year is like, all right, I'm not young anymore. You're young, but I'm not a rookie anymore. I'm not, even though you haven't been a rookie for a couple of years, but do you feel that step now that, all right, I can take that step now and yeah. really take my game to a different level? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting you say that because I've been, uh, you know, talking to, um, I don't know, guys around the room. O'Connor's a close buddy of mine, so we're always chatting and just saying how it's weird. Um, you know, the first couple years of training camp, you're the new guy coming in. You're kind of tentative around everybody. You don't really know how things work um, just because everywhere is different. But uh, now that I've been here for a few years, um, I just feel like I'm at home. You know, I, I know all the staff. Um, I know all the guys that have been here for a long time and, um, you know, now it's kind of just trying to make the, the new guys that are here, um, comfortable because, you know, you, everyone's been in that position where you feel a little out of your comfort zone. So, um, but yeah, even on the ice, I just think, uh, I was thinking to myself the other day, um, you know, it's weird. You just feel, um, yeah, I don't know, just at home, um, you know, nothing really, uh, makes you too nervous or anything. You're kind of comfortable with the drills you're doing. Uh, so it's definitely definitely an, ex uh, an advantage being, um, I don't know, I think this is my fourth or fifth camp. So um, yeah, it's weird thinking back, but I remember just being so nervous around <laughs> all the guys, uh, coaches, and, and now I just feel um, comfortable. So it's, uh, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. Hearing you talk about some of the new guys a lot of them have described the feeling of a fresh start coming to Colorado. But I was curious if it felt like that for you too, not just because it's a new season, but because you're staring down a full runway to really step into your game and show people what you're capable of, especially what was teased in the 2022 Cup run. Yeah, uh, I think, um, you know, kind of entails like my new deal I signed. I think... Uh, you know, I felt like it was perfect for me. Obviously, I've had injury troubles in, in my career so far, and um, my biggest goal is to, to play 82 games this year. Um, and I think I have uh, a lot to prove. I think I've played uh, pretty well when I've been playing and, and healthy, but I want to be able to string a couple full seasons together here. So, um, yeah, you know, but I think as a group, we're all, we're all really excited. Just having a, a long summer to kind of reset yourself, reset your mind, get a step away from hockey. But I think I've said that a couple times over the first few days here. But everyone needs a little refresher every once in a while. You know, we've had a lot, long couple of years of, of long playoff runs. So obviously our goal is always to win the cup. But uh, losing in the first round um, last year was maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise. You know, uh, everyone got a full, just full summer, full, uh, full summer of getting healthy and um, getting your body ready again for, for a grueling season. You have Bakar and Taves kind of headlining the Avs, blue line pairings. What it's, what's it like playing behind them, and how do you find your own opportunities? Yeah, I mean, uh, whenever you have two of the best um, defensemen, in, in my opinion, uh, in the world, it, it makes everyone's job a lot easier. You know, they get a lot of the tough matchups, um, a lot of the other teams' top, top lines, so it's kind of just a trickle-down effect. Uh, you know, it kind of changes um, 
I kind of feel like my role changes depending on injuries, who's playing, who's not playing, kind of what's going on. But I just try to play, um, you know, a sound defensive game. That's something that I try to take pride in now. Um, you know, I want to be able to be a, a guy that can play against the other team's top lines, um, a guy that's on the PK, kind of a guy that can be in, in any situation. So, um, but we are truly blessed to have a, um, to have the depth we do on the on the back end, and uh, you know none of us take it for granted. And we got a great group of guys that that get along, and um, we all see eye to eye. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun every day um, coming to the rink with those guys. Question on, I mean, Betsy gets all the. It's normal. He's the head coach, right? Get the headlines. You speak to the media every day. What's your relationship like with Prater? I, I think this is a guy that's forgotten a little bit sometimes. And, again, he's been here for a while now with Bezzi, and I think he does a wonderful job with you guys. And what's your relationship like with him? Yeah, first off, I think Prater's a, <clears throat> um, he's an awesome guy, first and foremost. Um, you know, he's very personable. You can talk to him about, about whatever might be going on in your life. He's always asking questions. So just makes a guy feel that much comfortable with kind of a, someone of um somewhat authority in your life i guess you would say <laughs> uh but yeah prater's awesome he's pretty pretty calm on the back end you know um he doesn't snap too often but when he does watch out because uh, <laughs> he gets pretty heated sometimes but it's fun i love that he was um, tough he was a tough yeah, player people yeah. don't know that he was tough yeah exactly so uh but no prater's a pretty easygoing guy but i think it works well with our group um you know he's always having conversations with yeah. guys about their play but he's also not um to the point where you're like, oh, I got to talk to this guy every day, whatever it might be. Um, so I think Prater's actually the perfect guy for for our group. You know, when he's got something to say, he says it. But um, a lot of the time, he he lets you play your game and figure it out on your own, which I also think is a very valuable um, asset of of his for sure. Another important voice in the leadership group was Eric Johnson. And as a young defenseman coming into the league, what was it like being around someone like that? Yeah, he's another guy I think that um, really helped me out. Uh, my first few years, um, whether it's taking me for, for dinner or, um, you know, whatever it might be. He's a very vocal guy in the room. I think everyone knows that. Uh, another guy that likes to have fun. Uh, always came to the rink with a good attitude, no matter if he played three minutes the night before or 23 minutes. He was always the same guy. Um, always loved his teammates and, and backed everybody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad because uh, in the game of hockey, you make some of your best friends, but then you got to say bye to them. So, um, it's uh it's unfortunate but but that's the business and you know at the end of the day he got a really good deal in buffalo and we're all happy for him and wishing him the best you'll find him somewhere again yeah he'll pop off somewhere yeah, yeah. uh you signed your new two-year deal here with the avalanche was there any consideration about going longer term or anything like that or was this always your plan uh like i kind of touched on i think uh a shorter shorter deal just made sense for me i i feel like i haven't totally proved myself um, in, in the NHL. I think I've got a lot more to give, and I felt like that two years was kind of a good runway for that. Um, you know, so that's how I'm kind of a, approaching things. I got two years to, uh, like I said, have hopefully two healthy years and um, get to play a lot of games and, and uh, grow my game and um, really show what, what I can do. Bo Byram headlining a defense coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Miles Wood said that the standard that has been set was immediately felt coming into this room. And in your pro career, being in that room is all you've known. I was curious how accountability works with this group. Is it a self-disciplined kind of thing? Do the leaders drive that? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a, a bit of everything. Um, I think the biggest thing is our our best players come to the rink and uh, 
work on their game and prepare themselves to the best they can every single day, and, and that pushes everybody else too. Uh, obviously, there's more more vocal guys about it, like, uh, I don't know, Nate, you know, he's he's always pushing you to be the best version of yourself, and um, I really respect him about that, and you have guys like Miko who kind of do their business quietly, but um, yeah, I think that's what it really starts with is, is our best players are um, in the gym last, uh, on the ice last, working on their game, really doing whatever they can to, to get better and be ready for the next game. So um, I think that pushes everybody in the locker room. Good, good. All right. Bo, I want to thank, thank you, you so for much. coming on. Uh, we wish you good luck in the season, and we got you a T-shirt as a little oh, bit of sweet. a thank you for awesome. coming on the show with us. So we appreciate it and hope you have a good one. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. That was Bo and Byram. Uh, a really good conversation with him. A, a handful of things I wanted to to touch on there. Yeah, Megan, could you hear him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said his number one goal was to play 82 games this year. Uh, obviously, he's he's dealt with a lot of injury problems over the course of his career so far. What are realistic expectations from you guys if he does play a full healthy season? Can this be a 40-point Bowen Byram? Should it be more? Should it be less? Where should he slot in? For me, it's 10-30. I want to see 10 goals, 30 assists. I want to see all situation. Um, I, want, I, want him, I, want to, I want him to take a PK job um, yeah. because if he does that, then your need for Jack Johnson goes down, and that's kind of... If I'm I'm coaching the team, that's one of my goals so is to decrease the is, reliance is, on Jack Johnson. You're just using Bowen Byram as a snowplow to pave the path for Sam Malinsky here? I, is that? <laughs> Sam Malinsky needs to play some better hockey in training camp. If, uh, you know. he, he hasn't been super noticeable. It's true. Yeah. So, um, But, no, I think I think all situations for, for, for Bo should be the, the goal. Um, he should take over. From both Taves and Gerard on the power play, he should be the guy there that runs that second unit. The second unit should run through him. The, that should not be a three defenseman unit anymore. Definitely not. Uh, you have too many talented guys between Tatar, Colton, uh, and whichever of Nachushkin or Lekkinen is not on. A, on I've made this case before. You should probably not have Arturi Lekkinen on a power play this year. So uh, I I'm of the opinion that 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 needs, but that needs to be Bo on all that. Uh, on that unit, on the second power play unit. And I would like, I, my personal preference, I would like to see him, you know, Taves is a great PK guy. Sam Gerrard's been a pretty good PK guy, but I think that's more of a break glass in case of emergency. And um, Manson and, and Jack Johnson have to be PK guys. Otherwise, why are they on your, or why are they on your team? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think By, and Byram needs to take some of the minutes that McCarr, Eight last year yeah. and lessen that load that a little bit, for yeah. Sure, yeah. So I I think Byram needs to be you know maybe starts on second units, you know the the top PK units uh, for me would start out it would be Taves and Manson, and then it can be Johnson Byram um, and then go from there. Um, but yeah, all situ all situations, and I want to see a forty point season out of him. He he has the kind of goal scoring ability um, that you don't see in a very many defensemen, uh, and and his playmaking is legit and. When we've seen him, when he plays with confidence, there are just not very many guys in the world who are better than him. He's like an extra forward on the ice sometimes mm -hmm. and in that end, and that's why I think having him utilized in more situations just adds dimension to what Bo is capable of. And I think I alluded to this in the interview, but what we saw teased in that 2022 cup run, 
there's so much more that I want to see from Byram that I think that he's capable of. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity for him to, to chase that this year. Because something that he doesn't say when you ask the question about Taves and McCarr at the top end, I wonder if it feels a little bit of his competitive spirit that he might not ever admit being behind those guys. I have to believe that just in knowing what type of a player he is and the confidence that he has, yeah. that when he does have opportunities, like who knows what they're going to do with Kale McCarr. I don't, I'm not worried about Kale McCarr, but I do wonder if this gives rise to over this next stretch opportunity for Byram to be on the first power play unit. I don't, I think they should run with that. Again, I would rather McCarr there if he is healthy, but if they're going yeah. to proceed with an abundance of caution, I want to see both that responsibility because of his offensive gifts. It's certainly if McCarr's not in the game, yeah. it's not even a conversation. Well, it should be Byron running and, that top unit. I kind I mean, of want to see it. Let's, yeah, absolutely. Regardless of whatever's been nagging McCarr in, in this training camp, you can pretty much expect him to miss 10 to 15 games a year is what we've seen from McCarr in his career so far. Right. So. There is a pretty good chance Bowen might have a chance to be the top guy for a little while this year at the very least. And the other side of this is the entire conversation with Taze, which after he, we talked about it yesterday, it, looking to get a deal done before the season starts potentially. There's an interesting conversation there where, well, you know, if that deal doesn't get done and Byram has a really good year, all of a sudden you start saying, can maybe Byram can do that job. I think I think they they should try and figure that out anyway because they know Devon Taves and Kale McCarr are going to be great. I you know I would give them the first month of the season to see what Byram and McCarr look like together. I'm here for it. You know I even okay not the first month and then the second month the third month whatever I don't I, give a shit which uh, month it is the other way around Byram and Taves sure look good together today. Yeah, they were flying in training camp so. Then they play a little bit last year together, right? Dulce? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know the Avs decor. They all. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but they did for a while. I mean, uh, he's a, what a charismatic young man. I, I really like uh, his personality, and but his eyes look pretty rested. You know, what I mean, you can you can see he's just rested. They had a better summer than they did last year. Yeah. I think he's ready to go. Um, I'm just gonna one up AJ. I'm gonna say 50. Yeah, I think he reaches 50 this year. They um, You're telling us about a shot. I think he could get 15. I really do think he could on the yeah. goal side. I mean, it's hard to do. I think I he's going to take that step. He's going to get that step this year. I think he reaches 50 points. I think he does. <laughs> well, and that's where the you second know, power play opportunity yeah. uh, comes again, in, right? If he gets that good ice, right? And when yeah. I, what do I mean by good ice? That, that ice time. You, you, you need the cookie. <laughs> Can't get there without cookies. <laughs> You know, it's hard to produce from the bench, right? Or or that good ice. So, I do believe he Feels reaches. challenging. Yeah, it is challenging. Trust me. I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I do. Um, yeah, yeah. No but, offense to, to yeah. Ross Colton or anything yeah. too, but you're going to pick up a couple more points when you're passing that puck to Nathan McKinnon instead, right? Uh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Setting up a Miko Ranton in one timer. Yeah. Like, give That's me right. a break, man. You know, and 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 again. I remember Grant Fuhr, I think, back then in the Oilers. I think he had a season. He had 18 points or something like that. All he did, but he's not even a good puck mover. Just give it to Grant. He would just yeah. flip it up, and then they would go on breakaways. And here, hey, I got Easy points. Yeah. So, no, I do expect big things for him. I, I think, uh, and I don't mind that. I don't mind when they switch, you know, McCarr and Taze. And I don't mind that at all, actually. And then, uh, and I think we saw it last year. And I think we should see it a little bit uh, this year again. So, it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah. No kidding. You, you, 
oh no, we have too many good defensemen. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Yeah, uh, I mean, they have five of them, right? Yeah, five. It's cert- assuming Manson's healthy five, right? Yeah. Like, so, we'll see. Anyway. Pretty good base to build a defense with. <laughs> Hard to complain, that's for sure. On that note, we are brought to you by Circa. Maybe you saw us there over the last weekend. We uh, we were out there in Vegas enjoying things like Stadium Swim. And Is that a nice place or what? It was it was super nice. It was like I we went to the Legacy Club and you and I both were like, Oh, we we're too poor to be here. Yeah. <laughs> this is you not... see we had vouchers though for a free champagne there yeah. and we didn't utilize them. Oh well. Champagne. <laughs> You're not a champagne guy? This is not my thing. Wow. This All is right. a bad food taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love a good mimosa. Love a, love a Bellini. I just don't want to drink the champs on its own. Well, look, if you're, you are a champagne person, get to Circa Resort and Casino. Yeah, you can get over there. You can get 20% off your stay when you use code DNVR and get all the perks. You can get the Legacy Club. You can get to Stadium Swim. Uh, you can use their insanely large casino like Kale and win some money. I think he won like 100 bucks at Blackjack over there. So it's a great time if you've never <laughs> been. You can download the app at CircaSports.com if you want to get in on that action. Of course, you can always book your deals as well. So get over to Circus Sports, use the DNVR code to book to get 20% off today. And before you go, while you're here in Denver, make sure you're getting in on all the Volo action. Uh, that, that's what you guys heard on the Wednesday show. Mm-hmm. I know people were talking about it. Yeah, the DNVR bar was popping because all the Volo guys came in and, and were having a grand time. So if you want to be part of the Volo gang that comes into the DNVR bar. And get in on it today. They've got a monthly membership program called the Volo Pass. It's just 20 bucks a month for unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments. So you can play all of the sports your heart desires. they got Ultimate Frisbee. They've got volleyball, pickleball, soccer, flag football, bowling, kickball. There, there's a million more. I, I could keep going. But they're all over the state as well, all over Denver, Lodo, Rhino, Uptown City Park, Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, Northfield, and much more. Their fall leagues are open now, so you got to get in while you can. If you want to try it out, the beta version of the Volo Pass is just $10 for a month for the first three months, and the DNVR10 code will get you $10 off at volosports.com slash Denver. It's basically the first month free. You might as well give it a try. Hit them up, volosports.com slash Denver. Go play some sports yourself. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I did want to get into that second group a little bit more than we kind of already talked about Steinberg. But looking at this group, you had Byron and Taves back there who were having a blast. They were ripping pucks into the net. But Nathan McKinnon, not here. He's out in Halifax getting his number retired. That made a, a top line here today of Druin, Johansson, and Miko. Look pretty good. <laughs> Miko already kind of looks bored. <laughs> like, he ripped a one-timer into the net and didn't celebrate, and he's just like, yeah, Miko's what I do. And I'm just like, let's be nice to be that good at something, <laughs> like that confident at the same time. And, and they, look, like, they look great, man. They look I, great. I get it. It's training camp. Don't read into it too much. They're going yeah. like 70%. But it was nice to see specifically Druin and Johansson, which are – I think the two guys that they brought in that maybe there are the most question marks about this year, looking good in training camp. I love to see Druin digging for pucks beyond some of the creativity that he's shown through the showcase. That's obviously an encouraging thing to see for a player who in some ways has to adapt to the way that Colorado likes to play. And 
not going to get carried away and say that he has, but <laughs> it points to things headed in that direction, and it'll be really necessary for him to stay in the top six if that continues. It's a really good point because if anybody that put themselves through watching Montreal last year knows that they didn't play with any structure. How do you say systems in French? System. <laughs> well, they did not have they did not have a very structured system. Uh, and Jonathan Jonathan Duran looked it, that's going to be one of his biggest adjustments. How does he handle playing in a in the environment in Colorado where they, they, it's not, it's not that the abs have this really rigid structure and then they all oh, that that's the only way they know how to play. They want a Stanley Cup being able to do whatever they 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 being so talented, they could play however they needed to play in order to win the game they were in. Yep. And that's going to be the challenge for Jonathan Duran because uh, to this point in his career, he can play up-tempo hockey. He can play run and gun. He can do all that. He hasn't shown the ability to, to dig pucks on the wall. He hasn't shown the commitment to the defensive end. He's going to need to do both of those things every single game if he's going to stay in Colorado's top six. That that uh, with the, uh, Especially with the signing of Tomas Tatar, that top nine is far too talented for him to try and sleep it, on any of it. He will straight lose I'm, his job. Boy, you're talking about someone who has fit into the system as well. Tomas yeah. Tatar. Holy cow, yeah. man. <laughs> well, uh, That's gonna be, I, yeah. you, you had a guy sitting right here yesterday, toothless, right? He <laughs> talked about culture right away, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, the two guys we're talking about, Druin and Johansson, same boat. They got a lot to prove. They, they got to prove... And they're both coming in that somewhere, somehow, you know, it's been described all summer as bargains, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not a very high risk for the avalanche. But they have to prove something to themselves, to their new employer, to their teammates, their peers. And like Miles said yesterday, the culture here is, is very simple. And I think they've proven with Tampa and, you know, all the past winners, there's a certain way and there's a certain... Um, level of play you have to play to win in the National Hockey League. It's too hard of a league to win in, you know. And, and if you just go out there and you're playing, you're not going to win. So if these guys come in and they don't conform to uh, the system of the Avalanche or uh, Nate McKinnon's, uh, you know, hunger and all that kind of stuff, then you stick out like a sore thumb and it's easy to see and it's not going to work out. By November, December, we won't be talking about them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the opportunity is right there on the silver platter – or gold plot, whatever you want to call it, it's there for them to take. It is a privilege to play in the National Hockey League, but it's a privilege to play with guys like Miko. You just said, oh, wow, to be that good. And it's, it, they are that good. Miko's mm-hmm. that good. Nate's that good. Kel McCarr's the best player in the NHL. Um, <laughs> I'm just, it is a privilege to be with guys like that on the ice and to be making plays. So you got to take advantage of that. And I think that. You somewhere somehow you have to be out there to prove people wrong. I, I don't think it's it's a mindset like oh I'm not necessarily going in there this year if I'm Joanne or Johansson you know to to prove people wrong. I just I owe it to myself. No no you do, but you do owe it to yourself to 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 perform better than you have the last you know couple seasons or whatever it is it might be for both of them. So the opportunities there I think they're going to be given um, ample leash time to to, to fit. To make sure that you are a good fit with these guys, that's up to them now to do it. You're talking about two guys with careers and crossroads, too. You know, Ryan Johansson is being paid by a division rival to play for the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, yeah, it's nice that's for the point. It's yeah. nice. It's nice for the. It's nice for the Preds to do him a solid. Mm-hmm. You know, and send him to a good hockey team uh, in Colorado, but 
the the other side of that coin is that if he fails here, he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, when his contract when his contract ends, you know, the Avs buy him out, they move him in the offseason, whatever. If he does not play well this year, he's probably done getting paid to be an NHL player for the you know in the future. Whatever happens next season will happen, but uh, and, and Jonathan Duran is in the same position, even more so than Ryan Johansson, because he has he's coming off of a big contract in which he didn't do anything during it, yep. you know, and some of that was on him, and some of that was on the circumstances of surround surrounding him yep. as he as he worked through, you know. Um, he, he's talked a lot about his issues with anxiety and mm-hmm. a lot of the, the mental health things that he has gone through over the last handful of years. But he's playing for less than a million dollars on a cup contender that is desperate to give him the best opportunity that he has had in his NHL career to be the kind of guy that everybody envisioned him being once upon a time. He probably doesn't live up to th- all of that. But a good year this year sets him up to get paid Sets him up to, to for security in the for the foreseeable future, and if he fails, he's done. Mm-hmm. He's not in the NHL next season, or he's or he's in the NHL making the same kind of money that he is on whatever version of the Anaheim Ducks, you know, the San Jose Sharks, I guess, will will be next season. You know, a bottom feeder that just needs a guy that they're hoping can give them a few points that they can move at the deadline. So they, these are two guys that they got their very different ways, but they're in the same place. What I like about today, too, is so much of Joanne's potential success has been linked to Nathan McKinnon. And on day two of camp, not alongside Nathan Bye, McKinnon, yeah. he still <laughs> looked comfortable. Yep. And I think that is something that is a potential possibility throughout the season, that he's not playing alongside McKinnon. I'd expect McKinnon. him to move around for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he needs to look comfortable playing alongside other players. Yep. Exactly. Including yeah. Ryan Johansson. <laughs> Including Ryan Johansson. Yeah, those, those two could end up spending quite a bit of time. And if, they, if they're on the line together, they need an adult. Yep. They need, they need a Nachushkin or a Lekadin. You know, they need, they need the adult there to kind of rein some of the craziness in that, they can, that those two can get well, up to. And, and I think the other interesting part that we've talked about already multiple times on this show, you talked about the competition for the fourth line. Uh-huh. You brief, briefly mentioned, hey, Tomas Shatar coming for a Jonathan Druin's job potentially. A guy with seven 20-goal seasons yeah. is just sitting in your, uh, on your third and, line right now. And you have Ryan Johansson, Ross Colton right behind him, coming <laughs> for that two sheet. The Avs have a lot of potential competition all the way up to the top of their lineup. Yeah. And Eric said it the other day, a rising tide raises all ships here. So if everyone is pushing in the same direction, pushing to be the best versions of themselves, Avs could be good this year. <laughs> well, uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Yep. And like you saw that with the cup team. Uh, they opened up game one, round one. They open up. Andre Burkowski's on your third line. Yep. Alex Newhook's not even in that game. It's true. You know, like they... You need to be good, but your lineup needs to be... The best version of itself. It needs to be deep, and it needs to know that it's playing for all of the stakes every night. You know, nobody's coming for Nathan McKinnon, but that's because Nathan McKinnon is as good as he is. (laughs) But the rest of these guys, like... We've talked about it. If, If Ryan Johansson disappoints this year, Ross Colton might just take his job. Yep. Might just take his job, and Ryan Johansson may not be here at the deadline. 
If it does not go, like, it, obviously it would have to go, like, real bad for like that to poorly. happen. But, yeah. But moving him out and going and getting a Mikhail Backlund or whatever to be, like, your 3C going into a postseason series. Because if it doesn't work with Raijo, you move on. You've got to move on from him. And so he's got he's got four months. Like, yeah, he's got a two-year contract. But the Avs are not going to, they're not just going to sit there and pay the guy to not be any good. Yep. That's Nashville's job. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that, that, that they have those two guys in particular have it all to play for. And they're off the both of them for my money. I've loved both of them both days. The Druid especially looks, I, you know, I always want to live in the moment that I'm in. But like uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Duran is the easiest guy to dream uh, on. Uh, of guys projected to be in the opening night lineup. I don't know that any of them have had a bad day through the first two camp days. Even guys like Jack Johnson. Yeah. No. So, Avs Avs come to play this year. We'll put it that way. Um, Anything else we want to add from today of training camp, or should we get out of here? Oh, yeah. We got another day tomorrow. Yeah, exactly (laughs) right. Uh, Another day tomorrow, and then uh, game one of preseason on Sunday. So, yeah, more podcasts coming your way. We'll have a post-game pod on Sunday afternoon. Yep, Sunday yeah, evening. Sunday evening, yeah. it'll be the pod probably. Yeah, um, we do have one super chat that I'm sure Tiff is going to put on the screen. And thank you to whoever you are that I can't see. Oh, it's from <laughs> ah, of course, it's from vaguely sober. We appreciate you, homie. Uh, I'm sure he said something very cool. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Also, I know a lot of you are here every day, and we appreciate y'all. But maybe you're not here every day. Maybe you haven't been around the last week or something. It's never been a better time to become a diehard for the Avs content right now. Our uh, our beat has been producing a lot of stuff. So if y'all are enjoying it, consider supporting we, over at thednvr.com. Can Sorry I talk about this for a second? Yeah, pop off. Yeah, so I have been creating Avalanche content since 2009. So, you know, um, it's actually a little wild for me to say that and then realize that that's 14 years Ooh, ago. It's a long time. <laughs> um, you know, BSN, DNVR, eight years we've been doing this. Um, eight, eight years that I've been, you know, kind of working my way through this grind and all this. And I just have to say, you know, when, when I started it, it was because there was nothing available. It was It was the Denver Post with older guys who didn't care anymore. And it was a, a total dearth of, of options beyond that. The radio stations in town didn't cover it. Altitude Radio wasn't even on the FM dial. It was still an AM-only station. Uh, and, uh, you know, you now, you now look at the competition in the Avs content sphere is as intense as it's ever been. There are more people doing it than ever. And that's awesome. And I can still confidently say that the work that we have done over the last week has never been done before in in the in the world of creating avalanche content. Yep. The combination of of written pieces, the quality of the interviews, the 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 people that the that we that we are bringing on to the show. Everybody everybody has always kind of had that thing that they're good at. Nobody before has been good at all of it except for us right now. And so, yeah, like I will toot our own horn on that and say, you know, I I love our competition. Like half of our competition at this point are people who used to work for us, you know, between Jesse and JJ and Evan. And those are all great guys and they're all making great content. Yep. 
But the thing that I'm most proud of is that we we continue to evolve and move forward, and nobody has ever done it before the way that we are doing it right now, the way that it looks. It's it's everything that I always dreamed that we could create at this company, and and I'm incredibly proud of all four of us: um, Tiff behind the scenes, Kale behind the scenes in Vegas. It, it's people have to spend their money however they want, and I'm I'm never in the business of telling people what to do and not to do with their money. But uh, for me, and I, I'm obviously a biased source here, but as a person that pays for sports subscriptions, I'm I I have one for everything. I subscribe to every website out there that I can because uh, there's no end to me reading sports every day. <laughs> if I if I was if I right now was not working at DNVR, but DNVR looked the same, if there was a clone of me, <laughs> that'd be horrifying. I would still okay, not nice. <laughs> I would still I I would pay for DNVR you because wouldn't... the 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 content that we create that we're creating right now and the content that we are looking to create in the future is fantastic it's everything i've always wanted and i am really really proud of all of us for for that and to be honest with you, it's it's training camp yep and this is already this is already feeling and looking the way that it does and you know it's it's not going anywhere it's not going to stop anytime soon this is the, this is our life now this is your life as a person that gets to consume avalanche content you have people that care deeply about it every day it's all we think about. It's all we do. I mean, it's 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 an obsession of ours that we make the best thing that we can for all of y'all. So uh, that's uh, that's all I wanted to say about it. That five minute diatribe. It's a greater pitch than I could ever do. Consider signing up to be a diehard today. Uh, we're also brought to you by Foco. May have already mentioned, but go get your bobbleheads today. Maybe someday we'll get us bobbleheads at Foco. How oh, cool no. would that be? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in on it. You can get a bobblehead of me someday, maybe. Then, I huh? like that. <laughs> Jorts. <laughs> yeah, me and Jorts with no shirt on. <laughs> Bobbling head. That'll, that's what it'll be. Uh, I don't want this bobblehead. All right. Well, stick to the abs bobbleheads then. You'll be fine. <laughs> they got them over at Foco. Use the DNVR code to get 10% off at Foco.com. We are out of here for today. We're back tomorrow. Same place. Should be another player interview coming to you tomorrow, too. So hope to see you there, and we will talk to you in the next one.